0: Welcome back to John Guest Remembers. As we have stated, this is a mini-series of the Our Church, Our Stories podcast. That podcast is an effort by two of our dedicated members, Ben Follett and Sam DeBrotka, to share some of the stories of you, the Christchurch family, with the rest of the Christchurch family. You can find Season 1 of the Our Church, Our Stories podcast on our website, ccgf.org slash podcast, or from wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to check out the stories from Season 1 and be on the lookout for Season 2. On this week's episode of John Guest Remembers, Pastor John recounts his realization that with God he is never alone and how he got involved in the church life of his local parish. I began to uh, read the Bible. I spoke to the, the staff at the church, began to give me some direction. And then I listened about, you know, the steps I took in my mind that moved me into the core of the life of the church as against just being an attender sitting in a pew for a church service. I moved into the living action of the church life was on Wednesday nights they had a Bible study and prayer meeting. And again, I don't know that I received a personal invitation to that, but one Wednesday night I went And that was a different experience. Uh, The vicar taught the Bible, and that was more teaching than preaching. I mean, there was a distinction there. And then they had a prayer time where the people prayed out loud extemporaneously. And that was a brand new experience for me. But I caught on to the idea that you you can talk to God out loud... I'd already begun to talk with him as if he were walking down the street with me. I'll come back to that. But my first engagement beyond going to church was to go to that prayer meeting. And I remember a couple of weeks in, I gave it a shot at speaking out loud myself to God. And of course, that got the vicar very excited. And I didn't realize how significant all that was. It was just in pace with what the Christians seemed to do. To back up, the experience of waking up the very next morning and I was going to uh, a polytechnic college, Southwest Essex Technical College is what it was called, part of the Greater London University. And uh, I remember walking down the street because that college was in the Walthamstow area, so very convenient. I thought, I'm not alone. The Lord is with me. I am not alone. That was a radical feeling. In fact, I remember waking up in bed that morning and my habit, which seems unthinkable nowadays for anybody at any time, but I would sit up in bed and have my first cigarette of the day in bed. I don't know how my mother put up with that. She didn't smoke, but smoking was much more acceptable as in the public in those days. But in any case, that when I, and I, as I sat up in bed, I thought, I'm not alone. The Lord's here with me. I'm his. Or I had this relationship. I wouldn't have said I'm his, but it was a kindred spirit that I had with the Lord. And so walking down the street, I remember, that very day, the same sensation. Going back to the steps by which I got involved, and I will come back to that experience of the Lord being with me in my day-to-day living. But the next thing that happened was they were advertising the need for Sunday school teachers. And Sunday school for children in those days was in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon. And so, w- without knowing anything, I volunteered. And I thought, you know, because I was cool, I could, you could, I could handle a bunch of kids. So they gave me a class of I don't know about eight or ten little boys. But the teaching for the class, it's this is great disciple um, imaging. The teaching for the class to the teachers. Was on a Thursday night, and one of the young assistants at the church ran the Sunday school, and he gathered us teachers every Thursday evening in his apartment and taught us the lesson that we were to teach. So now I am only teaching what I is brand new information to me, but it all made sense. It all that conversion experience and the kind of framework in which it came with the theology of salvation from Ray Wilson and then the structure that that was given now in the class and in the preaching and the worship of the church, the hymns we sang. So hymns that I knew from school experiences, you know, having assemblies, began to make sense they fitted within a a theological framework and that all came very easily to me being an engineer or training to be an engineer because everything is formulary uh it all makes sense engineering makes sense math makes sense physics makes sense the elements you know metallurgy how elements are mixed to make stainless steel and uh or the difference between cast iron and regular steel, and how they're machined, and, and, you know, all those elements make sense. And that was my style, my intellectual style. I was looking to make sense. So I didn't have a liberal arts mindset, kind of airy-fairy, make it up as you go along. It all had to fit, so the commandments fitted with the need for salvation, because you broke the commandments. Jesus becoming a sacrificial offering to pay for the sins made sense. So the teaching fitted into that framework because that's what the church was about, that church. It was an Anglican church, Church of England, and was a very ancient establishment church. In fact, uh, it was the parish, the area, that Clement Attlee, Member of Parliament, who became the prime minister, replacing Winston Churchill, that was his area. So once a year, he would turn up in church for some kind of formal ceremony of that was related to the government and his leadership in the nation. That was my church, St. Mary's Walthamstow. So it was an establishment, ancient church. It actually, on that site, went back to Saxon times. It's a very, very ancient site. So it had an ancient graveyard around it as well.